ridiculous. I don't even need to bring it up and you attack. But yeah, I'd say that on both fronts. hoping Axel was going to kick in. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever you are, wherever you are, whenever it is. <laughs> and welcome back to another episode of the Viva Life Show with me, Tori Ree, and the smiliest guy I know. Oh, are you sure? Definitely the smiliest. No, that's uh, such a compliment. I'll take that. Actual Schmeichel, if you haven't recognized the voice. No. Happy to be here with you in paradise. We are sitting in front of a beautiful pool, watching mouths and feeds jumping into the pool. What else? <laughs> yeah, so we are currently still in Bali. Um, we are getting a lot of kind of content for you and we are working hard. It's not all pleasure right now. Um, just for anybody who's sat in an office and trying to make voodoo dolls out of us i just thought i'd clarify that <laughs> it's such a lie we're only sitting here eating smoothie bowls the whole day uh, I, I no, i'm actually working more in bali than i ever worked before like today the end of the day uh it's like 15 hours of work yeah damn. in total but it just doesn't it also doesn't feel like work but i know what you mean like a lot of people Tell me, oh, Axel, you're always so relaxed, you're always chill and this and that and oh, Bali life. But no, it's just like nowadays you can you can work from anywhere and some people don't don't get that. I th yeah, I think yes is the key word, because what I'd actually quite like to kind of flow this conversation into to begin with. It, funnily enough, both you and I came from similar backgrounds. We both worked in the finance industry. Yeah. Uh, we both did pretty well in the financial industry. Um, and we both had this moment where we were like, hold up, this doesn't serve my purpose. This isn't what I'm, I want to live my life for anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, we are now living a life that I, I like to believe we've created for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but it can be very difficult when you are still in that matrix where maybe you're not necessarily living your purpose or your days aren't spent doing things that you seem or perceive to be beneficial for either yourself or for others. Um, and it can be quite easy to kind of get stuck in a rut. So the two things that I wanted to discuss was probably our own journeys because I think that they're, they're relevant. Mm -hmm. And also obviously how people can not... I, I completely can appreciate that not everybody is in situations where they can just make big, big changes in their life. So maybe we can discuss things that people can do to kind of start living a life mm -hmm. that is more fulfilling. Mm -hmm. A trillion percent. So first of all, did you have to wear like a, is that the English word for it? Like a suit every day? Mm -hmm. Really? Well, not necessarily a suit, um, but it was like business casual in the office. Mm -hmm. I was probably on the more casual than business side which didn't always go down well um but yeah as if if i had any meetings with clients it would be heels and a suit or skirt and shirt Did or a dress it? what wearing a yeah. suit do you know what i actually quite liked sometimes like having a reason to kind of dress up a little bit smart uh -huh. considering now i'm like not <laughs> but 
yeah, I guess it gives you, it, it feeds the ego a little bit, makes you feel a bit authoritative. I hated it. Really? Yeah. No, like, at the beginning, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I wear a suit every single day. And then summer came, and I'm like, oh, oh sure, sure. I don't want to wear a suit every day anymore. And now I'm, like, so happy that I can be shirtless all the time. Um, but, yeah, if I just think back, I think it's, like, five years ago. Oh, I woke up every day with, like, goosebumps. I just didn't want to go mm -hmm. i kind of wanted it i didn't hate it and that's a really important point because nowadays with social media and you have people like gary v who are like mm -hmm. preaching um that you kind of have to become an entrepreneur i don't honestly think so i think there are human beings who who stay at home the whole day and just i don't know take care of the kids yep. and if you're happy with that right. i think that's fine like no, not everyone is m like an entrepreneur. It's a yeah. fact. And as long as you're happy, you're fine. Like right. I, I have I zero advice for people who are happy. Why should you change something? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, tell me your story. I've never really listened to it. Okay. So my story was I worked in investment. Um, it was kind of a job that I didn't really plan to do. I didn't go to university and I just managed to land myself with some really good jobs. I was very good at interviews. Whether I could actually do the job was a different story. Mm -hmm. um, but I was very good at interviews and getting the job. So time had come where I, I, ha I was about to turn 21. So I realized I needed to get a bit more of a grown-up job. I'd kind of flitted around doing different contract work and explore, exploring different fields. Um, and although I'd done quite well with that, Yeah, I knew I needed something a bit more solidifying and mm -hmm. something that would pay into my pension. You know how it goes mm -hmm. and help me get my mortgage. Anyway, so I, I, I actually I started off in customer services for an investment firm. So client services, customer services, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's something that I've always kind of found super, super easy because I've always been able to relate to people and empathize with people and build relationships with people. So it was just good money for what I was doing, very, very easy. So it was quite easy for me to progress. So then I, I a couple of years in, I moved to the sales department. Um, so I was kind of selling products to financial advisors or I was kind of like the link between the regional guys who were doing the selling. I was like a relationship manager was my mm -hmm. title. Um, and again, like I was really good at my job. Um, where my struggles actually started coming in was slightly different because I did quite enjoy my job. I didn't enjoy economics. I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. But I was good at my job because I understood people. Mm -hmm. So when people came to me with, with queries or whatever, I'd always have the relationships within the business to get them the answer, even if I didn't have the answer myself. So I did really well with that. But my issues actually lied within the office itself. Um, I struggled with the dynamics, like office politics. Um, I didn't like playing by rules. I was didn't really deal very well with everybody's this whole the word perception i've now got such a strong relationship with the word perception and fully understood it but back then it was more used as like a manipulation tool so i remember the amount of meetings i'd have especially near the end of my career it would be like oh like that we just need to talk to you because you'll come across so happy that some people are perceiving you as maybe like dumb Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. So basically, don't be happy. And then if you weren't happy, you need to just, you're not being perceived as enthusiastic enough. Mm -hmm. like it was just a forever fighting game when the actual fact is I was still 
really good at my job. Mm -hmm. But it was just the people in the office's perception of me, which as far as I was concerned was absolutely irrelevant because I had the relationships with who I needed to have. The person who sat next to me doing the same job on a different patch didn't actually affect the business in the slightest. So I got to a point where I had my own issues going on at home um, and in my personal life. And then the, the pressures I was having from the working environment just got way too much for me. And I reached like a, a real, real low. There was just everything kind of all came at once. And um, it all happened because actually a friend in the States, without going into a huge backstory, if you heard a previous podcast, you'll know this bit anyway. Um, but a friend got me to read The Alchemist. And that really made me evaluate, like, what is my purpose? Right now, I have no responsibilities. I don't have children. I did have a mortgage, uh, but I didn't have any children or dependents. Um, so I was like, wait a minute, like, this doesn't serve me. I don't really feel like I'm at service to others, particularly, not in the way that I should be or could be. So why don't I just figure out who the fuck I am? And I handed him my notice like that and when you say you enjoyed your work did you really enjoyed it did you really enjoy it i enjoyed problem just, solving it was just like it was fine there were times that i did enjoy it but what i enjoyed was the relationships that i had with people that i could build with people mm -hmm. uh turning their mind around on things being a problem solver so if they came to me with an issue finding a solution But I realized that that's not limited to that industry or that career. Mm -hmm. So the aspects that I liked about it, I could get tenfold in a different in a different environment. Mm -hmm. um, so when when I really started to analyze what does my happiness actually look like? Well, at the moment, it was looking forward to kind of the weekends or even communicating with people via Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Like in regards to helping people in, in people would because I've always been quite open with my feelings. So people would reach out and I was just like, do you know what? This this format just isn't for me. Mm -hmm. The format as a whole does not serve me. And it definitely doesn't serve others. As in, I can't serve others in that format. And then you quit your job. So then I just quit it. I literally thought about it. And it was a little bit irrational. Um, I have a tendency to be quite spontaneous. <laughs> not always at the correct moments. But I mean, it's worked out, so I don't regret anything. What about your mortgage? Yeah, so <laughs> so without going too in-depth, basically, I thought that that was being paid uh, because I had someone living in the property at the time. Uh -huh. They weren't paying it. So I had to sell. I got kind of into a forced sale, but it is what it is. Like I said, don't regret it. Um, it was a nice ideal at the time to have a mortgage and a bit of stability or whatever, but is it necessary in regard like? To, to make me happy, no. It's definitely a societal thing to make make you feel like that's the thing. But at the same time, like if you do have a mortgage, then it's it's great. Like I'm not really for or against it. Whereas before I thought I had to have it to kind of yeah, go forward in life. Told you. Exactly. Exactly. And like I said, I have nothing wrong or, or, like there's a strong chance I'll get a mortgage again in the future at some point. Um maybe if I have kids or something, but it's not a necessity like i thought it was what's your journey anyway so interesting i've never i don't i've never heard the story before oh. like in, in in detail um well my story is pretty pretty similar i i just said like five minutes ago that i that i had goosebumps and like i didn't want to go but most of the time i kind of enjoyed it especially in the beginning 
I was really, really good at school because there was a time <laughs> when I was 14. Uh, I told you. Actually, my goal was to become a professional football player. Mm -hmm. You guys say soccer. No, you say football, right? I Americans say, yeah. say soccer. Yeah. Um, and I was really, like, so freaking close. And then um, we have this thing in, in Germany, if you translate it into English, it's like blue letters. So every four months, uh, every three months, you you get a letter and they the teacher the teacher just share their oh, like a store yeah so we'd have it like, yeah something similar yeah like a report yeah um so i got one <laughs> and they uh, it was not really good so my father decided axel you know what you are not allowed to play football anymore football was my life like i did nothing i went to school and uh, the only purpose was When it's when is it over? And then I, I imme immediately go and play football the whole day till till the sunset. Anyways, um, he said, "You're not gonna play football anymore till you're a good student." It took yeah. me three months. <laughs> then I was a good student, and then I kinda like during this time, I gave up on the stream. I talked to too many people and too many teachers and asked them, like, how can I become a good student? Like, what do I actually have to do? And they kind of, like, influenced me a lot to, to, yeah, change my goals. I remember how my, um, how my teacher told me, like, Axel, do you know, like, only one, maybe two percent actually become, like, professional football player. I'm like, huh, well, that's right. And now I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why did I believe that? I am that 1%. <laughs> yeah, like now I would say like, I, I'm, the, I'm the one. Fuck that. I'm, I'm going to go for it. But yeah, back then I wasn't that smart. So I ended up becoming a really good student. <laughs> and I kind of wanted to become a lawyer or a doctor, just something. Yeah, I don't know. Just well paid, mm -hmm. to be honest. My parents are from um, Russia, lived a really humbled life before and came, came, came then to Germany. And for migrants, most of the time, like becoming a doctor is like the thing. All the neighbors and the family and like, oh, my son is a doctor. Um, it's just uh, part of their culture. Mm. So I was a really good student, but I was really unhappy at some point at home my um had some drama in my family maybe we can talk later about it and i literally was looking for the job that would pay me well and i don't need any like certification or like i don't have to go to university mm -hmm. so i became an insurance salesman <laughs> Can you imagine me like wearing a I actually student? can though, that's the problem. Um, yeah, and as I said, like in the beginning, it was amazing. I was 18 years old. I made so much money, I spent so much money. Um, and phew, it, was, it was a different life. Like if you, if you lived so humbled before and now you, can, you don't even have to check price tags anymore or you, you just can buy everything that you want to have. Mm -hmm. Ah, it, it felt ama amazing in the beginning. But like after two, three years, I'm like, huh. 
No, I have all the stuff that I always wanted, but I'm so far away from being happy. I was so much happier when I was just playing football the whole day mm-hmm. without like having any money. What the heck am I doing here? And it took me some weeks. It took me like some books. <laughs> some books helped me a lot. And then I just said, you know what? I'm going to quit this job and I'm going to book a one-way ticket to Thailand. I, I Don't ask me why Thailand. And I'm going to figure out who I am and what I actually want to do in life. Oh, similar story, right? Similar. Um, yeah, and I went to Thailand and then I backpacked for almost two years and figured out who I am. And now we're sitting in Bali. That's <laughs> crazy. I was going to say, because, but that's why I think exploring like different cultures, like for me, mine wasn't even that much of a different culture. I went to LA, uh-huh. um, but it was just such a different mindset. The, the majority of people in LA are dreamers. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people are going out there to chase a dream, mm-hmm. whether that be acting, singing, True. being a comedian, whatever. Doing something different. Doing, yeah, doing something that fueled them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started meeting more and more people and even Uber drivers. Yeah, I used to record my Uber drivers because the conversations were so inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I... I over over those months, I started to get to know myself that much more and kind of really embraced who I actually was as a person to my core um, and was just able to express that, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'd come up with all these ideas. I'm very much a creative. We all know that I can go off on a tangent, but I don't necessarily always deliver. I can be a bit of a procrastinator. That's my biggest flaw. Uh, but this was something that I was still coming to terms with in regards to like my, my flaws and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I remember I was really excited one day because I'd come up with some of the best ideas that I'd come up with for a long time. And I called back home, was talking to them. And I just wanted to say, my dad is amazing. My dad, I love my dad to pieces, but I'd called him with my ideas. And he was like, hold up, Tori. He's like, I think you're getting ahead of yourself a bit. And I swear, I came off that phone call and I felt like a deflated bouncy castle. Like, literally, I was just like, what's the point? Like, have I really just gone and quit? Like this job that was paying me so well, gave me a pension, like a really good pension, private healthcare, this, that and the other to find myself. And I'm doing what? Do you know what I mean? I'm coming up with all these balmy ideas that aren't getting anywhere. So I was feeling a bit mopey anyway. I called an Uber. I was going, I think I was going to a friend's house or something. I called an Uber and the Uber driver actually automatically picked up. He's like, your mood seems a little low. What's up? Like, this is an Uber driver, right? And I was like, do you know what? Let me tell you. So I explained my story. He was like, girl, he was like, listen, he was like, I felt like I could speak to you as soon as you got in because I knew your energy was more powerful than this. Like, you need to never let, even the people that love you the most, never let anybody's views, like, taint your vision of your own life. You create this. this da, da, da. He went off on a tangent. I was like, oh, my God. I came out of that car and I literally felt, like, more inflated than I did before I'd even had the call. Like, the call had been so necessary to allow me to have that conversation with the Uber driver. Um, but yeah, just being around those different kind of mindsets. And I feel that now I'm so conscious of the people that I am surrounding myself with. For example, this this trip at the moment with all of us being out in Bali for a prolonged period, I really had to check myself the other day because someone, had, sorry, going off on a tangent, someone had questioned me about something from back home. And... Uh, before I was about to bite and tell them a bit about themselves, but then I really had to reassess because 
we're actually in a very fortunate situation where we are now surrounded by so many like-minded individuals, but that's because we've all put in the work. Mm-hmm. And that is what I think has been the biggest changer in regards to kind of my environment and my happiness. Let, let, putting aside kind of the career aspect is just the people that I'm with the majority of the day. If I was doing that job that I'd been doing before that brought me temporary happiness or partial happiness, I got some satisfaction out of it, mm-hmm. but I was surrounded by you lot, mm-hmm. I'd, I would be so excited to go to the office every day. Mm-hmm. Like the, the office wouldn't have phased me, but it was the people that I was surrounding myself with so for the majority of my day mm-hmm. that really had that, that impact. And I think, think we see so many times about you are who you surround yourself with, but mm-hmm. it's not even just about who you are. It's about then your impact on the world. And blah, 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 blah. It goes on so... It's like a ripple. Yeah, but here's the thing. You can't change your parents. You can't change your parents. That is true. But you can be grateful that they made you who you are. Irrelevant and, of whether you agree with it or not. Yeah. So my father, he... he like he still doesn't really support me and i accept that i understand i even understand that because the he he wants the best for me mm-hmm. so he thinks the safe way is right. the best way yeah i just don't agree yeah but i still appreciate that he wants the best for me and we just have two different opinions and i'm I'm not going to live his life or I'm not going to li- live a life based on his opinion mm-hmm. because what he doesn't understand and what so many parents don't understand is that, yeah, maybe all these, like your pension and health insurance, everything's so important and security is so important. But happiness is 10,000 times more important. Mm-hmm. Like you can have a big, beautiful house and feel miserable. You can own a sports car, wear a nice watch, but be completely unhappy. And phew, I, I just hope that someone is listening and ah, and doesn't give a damn anymore about yeah what your parents are saying. I think what you've just made is a good point, and it leads quite nicely into the area that I would then want to touch on touch on which was actually the feelings of jealousy from other people um or or being in the face of diversity so i know that when i first made that move um somebody very close to me was quite jealous at the time that i'd been able to to do that um and as years have gone by as well it's an emotion or a feeling that i've had to check in with myself quite a lot i remember i used to look at certain people's lives and and be super jealous and it's so easy to sit there and just say oh yeah but uh, you don't know if they're truly happy and that's that and the other but that never that never quenched that thirst you know what I mean like me thinking oh yeah but they might not really be happy but I'm just jealous of what I see that still didn't change this jealous feeling inside me and it was kind of like uh, for me it was a journey of kind of really learning to detach myself mm-hmm. I don't understand. I, I'm so sorry. That's I fine. Have to ask, how do you feel if you are jealous? I don't. I, I don't. Okay. Know okay. So for me, um, like 
at the time I was in quite a, the, the relationship wasn't in a good place, my, my personal relationship. Mm-hmm. My job was in a bad place. I had other personal situations that were going on. So for me, I was looking at certain ones of my female friends who had met a really good guy. They were living a really good life and they had a nice house. They'd be going on nice holidays and they were genuinely happy. It mm-hmm. wasn't even a perception. Mm-hmm. They were genuinely happy. And I would sit there and I'd be like, why is that not me? Like, I'm so like envious. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I wanted that. Like, and I just would feel so much self-pity for myself and it would almost take, like, I couldn't even feel happy for them. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think it was such a big trigger when I started to kind of just detach it and realize that everything looks so different for us all, all the different timings. And I actually learned to start being happy for them that so much shit started going my way. I think it's so easy to get in, stuck into, is that whole comparison is a thief of joy. Thank you for sharing this. Axel's nodding. <laughs> is that not... So, I don't know whether it's more of a feeling that females generally... I don't know. I, I don't know if I, it's a sex I thing. I don't think so. Like, I, I've met boys before who were, like, trash-talking or, like, mm-hmm. being jealous. And I, I just... I've never understand the concept. Because, like, why would you care? <laughs> like, does it bring joy into your life? Mm. Like, I, I compare myself to other people... During workouts, for example, like competition is like yeah. you compare yourself with other people. But being jealous, it leads to unhappiness. It will not bring you the stuff that you actually want because you are you get what you put out. And if you put out negative energy, jealousy, the things that you will get in return are not really good. So why the heck exactly. should you even care about other people? people's life and you don't even know how they really feel it's just the whole doesn't the whole concept doesn't make any sense to me it doesn't make any sense when you logically and uh-huh. rationally uh-huh. Yeah, explain yeah, yeah. it I, I, I get yeah but i think it's quite easy when you're not necessarily at that point in your life where you want to be mm-hmm. or you're not necessarily receiving what you feel you are deserved, okay. which I think is maybe where some people go wrong as well. Um, it could just be quite easy to get caught in a trap when you're not happy within yourself to not be happy for others. Mm-hmm. It's like that kind of knock-on effect. But yeah, I think... I agree. Yeah. I agree. A happy person is not jealous. 100%. 100%. And it's the same with like hate. A happy person doesn't hate. A happy person doesn't spend a single second on Instagram and Mm-hmm. comments like oh you're so ugly right and it's actually like this links into a post that i wrote the other day and i know that you're going to agree on this one um but it's kind of the whole being a nice person versus being an authentic person and the difference between that mm-hmm. so like for a long time this is kind of going off on a tangent but the similar principle from the point of view i was so conscious about being nice to everybody Right. And everybody thinking that I'm a nice person and knowing that I'm a nice person, that it would take away from me actually being an authentic person. Mm -hmm. And you actually end up doing more damage than good. And it's kind of getting out of that ego side of things. And sharing your truth. I always say own it. Like if I feel bad, I catch myself so many times where I'm just rude Mm. on not myself, I'm like, huh, you know what? I'm going to go back now mm-hmm. and say, I'm sorry. Right. 
yeah, yeah. Because I was just so the other day I went to uh, someone talked to me in the gym and I was so rude to this person the next day I saw, saw her I'm like I'm so sorry for yesterday I was so rude and she was like huh I mean yeah you kind of were <laughs> and I just I, I'm just such a big believer in like owning stuff owning your true feelings like if you feel bad own it communicate it And then do something about it. Mm -hmm. Sitting there and like being unhappy, but not not telling someone and like not doing something about it doesn't make any any sense. It's having that kind of like self awareness and being able to communicate it. Yeah, you have to watch yourself. Mm. I always say, stay guard at the door of your mind, because we all have negative feelings, thoughts, emotions, but we can catch ourselves, mm -hmm. and then. Like like an observer, like just, ah, these thoughts or this behavior mm -hmm. is based on some bullshit in your past or in your childhood. Why do you behave like, like mm -hmm. you don't want to be like this? And I think that's where it's really important, <laughs> actually, an important point to make that we can, you see it a lot now because I feel like there's such a positivity movement. I'm doing this in, uh, in little brackets. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's not necessarily a positivity movement isn't a case of being positive 24-7. But it's actually having that self-awareness. And the self-awareness itself is a positive move. Mm -hmm. So, for example, actually, this is probably about maybe five months ago, six months ago now. And um, there's a guy who like, I'd had a crush on for years. We always, always flirted. Like, nothing had ever happened. He lived in the States somewhere. Um, and I saw he had a new girl. And I can't, I'll be honest, like the first thing I wanted to do, I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> like, let alone the fact that nothing had happened between us. He lived in a different country and it was purely just, we had a little crush and a little bit of a flirt. But I was like, oh my gosh, like, and I really had to check myself because I, wow, I'm really acting like people in my possessions. Mm -hmm. um, wow, I'm really feeling negative about this guy finding somebody who he generally feels a connection to and is expressing his love for like who the hell do i think i am and you know what i messaged him and i told him i told him straight up i was like yo i saw you had a missus and i swear to god i felt such a way and i said but i am so grateful because it really made me check in with myself and it really made me think about why am i feeling this way what has triggered this because the bottom line is i care for this guy i want him to be happy i don't really see a future with him so why am i getting in my feels because he's moved on or not even moved on but he's moved and found somebody that's that's fulfilling his happiness mm -hmm. i was like wow and as soon as i had that kind of realization of the negative feeling And I addressed it, like, I literally went in with it head first. I didn't ignore it. I didn't feed it either. I just acknowledged it, questioned it. I felt so good. I was so grateful for that feeling. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, not the fact that you were jealous. Yeah. That's horrible. But the fact that you owned it and you communicated it, I don't know if it was the right thing to tell him. I thought you were going to tell me, yeah, I texted him and told him that you're really happy for him. But <laughs> I know I did. I mean, I did tell him that. As yeah, well. yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I, I'm not saying go and say everything to everyone. There is a thing called oversharing. Yeah, yeah, uh, but this person in particular, like we had that kind of relationship. It was very, mm -hmm. 
he's a very spiritual guy. I am. So I knew that he'd appreciate me being able to share mm-hmm. kind of my truth with him as well. So if it feels right for you, um, then do it. Obviously, if it doesn't, then there is a thing called oversharing and maybe share it with a friend instead. <laughs> it's really percent good point. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I'm I'm happy that we are able to talk about that, especially as a man, because I kind of feel that so many men out there, mm, they don't really share their truth. Mm. And it's kind of a weakness as a guy to share your emotion. You know what I mean? Perceived weakness, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, try, I, I don't agree on like... Yeah. I, I think you got me, right? And I just, yeah, I think we have to rethink a real man. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a culture where a man has to be like the strong guy Mm -hmm. who doesn't share weakness at all. Like if you would cry, that would be horrible. So I always, oh, I could never ever cry and I couldn't handle people who were crying in front of me. Like, I'm so, I hope my, well, maybe they're listening, my ex-girlfriends, like, I had such a struggle with people who were crying in front of me. Mm-hmm. Just like, um, I was so, pro- everyone is programmed. Yeah. Like, no, I, I don't believe that anyone is a really bad human being, you know? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't, They didn't choose to be so mad, sad, or yeah. just dumb. They got programmed. They had parents, and their parents had parents, and they had maybe some stuff going on in their childhood. It's so easy to judge people, but if if you would have Donald Trump's brain, maybe you would say dumb shit all the time. You don't know. Everyone has a program. And the good thing is, nowadays, we can... We can see how that's our program and maybe we're going to change something. I changed myself. Like now I'm, I, I can handle girls who cry in front of me. But do you cry yourself? Yeah, a trillion percent. When was the first time that you recall cry? Do you like, was it like a conscious thing for you? Like when you actually allowed yourself to be vulnerable to your emotions? No, I kind of, I cr- cried as a teenager a lot, but I didn't cry. You know what I mean? I had tears in my eyes so quickly. Frustration. Yeah, I just had tears in my eyes. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> like people were telling me, you, you're crying right now. Why are you crying? I'm like, I'm not crying, but tears would, my, my eyes were like completely wet. Um, and it was probably because I had so much like sadness in myself and I never cried, but I cried quite fastly as you guys know uh, as you know mm-hmm. right i was sitting in a restaurant and i just had tears in my eyes and i'm like i'm so grateful right now um but yeah what, what do you think why is that that men have to be or like do you think it it's it's attractive yeah i think it's actually a really interesting topic because i think it's 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 almost doing a full tilt at the moment and it's we all need to kind of find that that balance um Because I think it has been programmed for so long that it is kind of the masculine thing to bottle up your emotions and to kind of hold it all together. But I think men and women, we we can go on either end of the scale. We can bottle everything up. And then, like I even mentioned a minute ago, sometimes it can be an overshare. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and rather than actually even taking a moment to reflect and analyze our feelings, we just blurt them all out. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's finding that balance in the middle and that kind of that, that, that sweet spot, I guess. But I definitely think it's attractive when a man can can communicate how he feels and exp- feel comfortable enough to express himself. Um, at the same time, I think irrelevant of, of gender Nobody wants to be in a relationship where they feel like they are somebody's kind of therapist or carer. Uh Um, So that's, I think, where I go back to kind of finding that sweet spot where it's I'm I'm just talking in regards to my own context. I am very comfortable to express my emotions and explain how I'm feeling to somebody. Um, And at the same time, I'm also very comfortable on reflecting on said emotions and feelings and understanding them fully and addressing them myself because the bottom line is I can express it to everybody, but it's not on anybody else to change. Do you know what I mean? Like if somebody makes you feel a certain way and you express that to somebody, that doesn't mean they should change. They may, they may want to change their behavior if it's something that they've not intentionally done or put thought into, but it may well be the case that that's just how somebody else is programmed. And then it's back on you to address, okay, I'm feeling this way. What has triggered this? Do I need to change my environment? Do I need to change the people? What do I, or, or is it a, a fundamental belief that I need to actually challenge myself in order to not continually feel this negative way? So interesting. Yeah, it, it just also, I mean, it's we talk a lot about veganism. Do you know how many times I were like talking to girls? And at some point you talk about it. I don't know why. I, I never share. I swear we never I, bring it up. <laughs> I, I never bring it up. Right. Never. But at some point, I don't know why. Probably because I smell it. I don't know. But then like, ah, you're vegan, right? I'm like, yeah. And I, I see the response and they're like, mm, eh, eh. you know what I mean? Yep. They, they, they judge you. And now I was, the other day I was asking a friend of mine who is a lifetime vegetarian and he, and he has exactly the same experience and we were like maybe it's because our definition of a strong real man yeah it's someone who is not i think it, it, it actually goes deeper and it's, it's i know where you're about to go so i'm butting in it's the compassion side of things so maybe it's a side where it's like oh this guy is compassionate yeah do you know what i mean like Oh, he must be a bit of a wuss. Yeah, a trillion percent. Because I get the same in regards to, I think, um, there'll be men who think that I'm therefore, like, overly emotional because I care about the planet and the animals. I was in the gym the other day. I did not bring it up. A guy asked me, oh, so how come you're out in Bali? Like, he was an interesting-looking dude. But anyway, um, he's like, why are you out in Bali? I was like, oh, we're here on a work trip. Um... And he's like, oh, who do you work for? I was like, oh, I work for like um, a, supp- a health and supplementation company. We do like vegan plant-based products. Da-da. Oh, vegan. <laughs> I swear, like literally my face was, I w- I'm not the most responsive in the gym at the best of times, but this was just the worst time to even try and piss me off. <laughs> and, um, and then literally ever since then, like then later on, he's, he's like, oh, we wouldn't get on because I'd just be me- eating, I, I, I like eating meat too much. And I was like, I don't want to get on with you anyway. I'm literally waiting for a piece of freaking equipment that you're on. And then the rest of that day, like, he'd literally come up to me and be like, vegan, 
vegan. Whenever I see him in the gym, oh, hi, vegan. I'm like, bro, like, you guys talk about me, like, or vegans projecting their view. Yet you, it is ridiculous. I don't even need to bring it up and you attack. But yeah, I'd say that on both fronts. I'd say we both get it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. But for like, yeah, I don't know. I'd say it's probably stronger from a male perspective. Uh, yeah, I think. Or maybe more, something you're more aware of. It's more accepted for a female to have a dietary requirement, just to simplify things. Um, and I think like females, they, they feel judged pretty quickly. Not yeah. all of them, obviously, but many of them. And then if you're a vegan, they're like, ah, oh. mm. and all this, these things. Would you date a non-vegan? Hi guys, and thank you so much for listening to part one of my conversation with the wonderful Axel. Um, part two can be located over on his podcast. I will put the link in the bio of this, so make sure you check it out. If you agree with us, then let us know. If you disagree, let us know. We'd love to know your thoughts. Um, either get in contact with us via Instagram, through whatever channel, social media channel you're using, um, or even just send an email and we will get back to you. But yeah, enjoy guys. Have a wonderful week and I will speak to you soon.